head in a glass case of emotion! <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm having too much fun pushing these random hey. buttons. You know what? Maybe I'm gonna push the buttons a couple more times here. Hey! Hello! Hey! 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 Can hey. we get some Luke Skywalker up in there? But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. We will now take requests on this live uh, drop board during this first debut episode of Cinema Sessions. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Rick. I'm joined with Michael and Kayla. How are you guys doing today? Wonderful. I'm excited to be here. So good. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I, I cannot wait to jump in. Just, I will I will be honest. Uh, this is this is going to be quite a heated episode, I think. We're, we're diving into a movie that we just all saw, haven't even talked about, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I feel like this episode might be madness, but I'm kind of okay with that. What do you guys think? I like the chaos. I think there's something to be said about chaos. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, chaos has a kind of a comfort level in my life. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a healthy thing or not. But the, the cool thing about this show is that this is this is a movie podcast. We just happen to be therapists. I mean, we, we first and foremost, we're all movie geeks, movie lovers, uh, fanatics, whatever phrase that you want to use. And it's really cool to talk movies with other people who have both frameworks because I don't get to do that too often. Um, so quick before we jump in, tell us a little bit about what you love about um, – you know, your, uh, your, both your line of work and your movies, your, your interest in movies, uh, and what you're looking forward to about, uh, kind of taking that angle with this podcast. Yeah. So I, I love films. I am a big narrative driven person. So both like personally and in my work, I try to get, uh, clients and people that I talk to, to kind of see themselves through the lens of different narratives and what they can pull out of that as far as their stories. Um, I'm also married to a, former film student. So he's taught me a lot about film and really grown that side of me. Um, I think it's just such a unique lens where these two worlds meet, where you can kind of step into another world. And it's a lot like when you're meeting with clients and you're stepping into their story. So yeah, just some nice overlap there. Yeah, it's funny, Kayla, when we first, uh, we started working uh, together uh, about the same week, actually. And um, I uh, instantly not saw, loved how you were talking about incorporating like the hero's journey into your practice. And, and uh, you know, I had never heard of geek therapy until you shared that that was a thing. And I was super excited. And I was like, we have to talk more about movies because this is going to be a, a great, uh, great partnership. Uh, Michael, what about you? Tell me about your interest in movies and uh, therapy and, and all that fun stuff. And Yes, I definitely was a movie fan before thinking about being a therapist. Uh, Yeah, I would say I've always loved movies. I love visual storytelling. I love being able to connect with people that way. I also just love pop culture. Like, I've always been a big sports guy, movies, TV shows, music, like just things that people can vibe about and can talk about. I'm a big fan of. Um, So, yeah, I would say movies really started to be like a big part of my life. Really, like early on, I have two older sisters. So it was a lot of chick flicks growing up, you know, Legally Blonde and Miss Congeniality and, you know, all the things, Clueless, you know, all of that. But I also would, you know, try to steal the remote and, you know, 1994 Lion King watched a lot and all those kinds of things. Um, But, yeah, then as I got older, definitely, definitely. Uh, started to see more kind of connections between helping people and then movies. So yeah. And then I, I kind of, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but then when I eventually settled on wanting to help people and, Oh, I can actually make a career out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I don't have to actually lose the parts of me that I just enjoy the things that I like, which is really, really nice. So uh, yeah, started kind of doing that more. 
but yeah, it was really probably in high school or, or college when I started to think like, oh, I could actually be a therapist or actually just talk to people for a living, which is great. So yeah. And, and now I, I love kind of shoot with people about whatever movies or TV shows, or did you watch the game or, you know, John Morant is hurt in the NBA playoffs or whatever, you know, just about those <laughs> kinds of things. And I find that people can usually vibe on that a little bit easier than, Hey, let's talk about your pain, you know? So, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I mean, I, I, uh, I started getting into movies really young. I, I, my mom loved like the old school Christopher Reeves, like Superman movies. And so there's all these pictures from me and being like a, a three or four year old running around with a cape or sometimes full Superman outfit, but everywhere, I'd say every picture of me from that age, from like three to five, I'm wearing a cape. And I was just like fascinated by that. But, you know, you said something, Michael, which is really cool, just like embracing that. And, and like I, I knew becoming going into like, you know, becoming counselor, therapist, like I, I was outside the bell curve of like, here's the traditional uh, yes. kind of personality or persona of a, of a therapist. And I don't really fit that. And yet I don't have to pretend I'm someone I'm not either. And I love using movies and pop culture in practice to help people because at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all have interests. And if we can find things that relate like stories or characters is really cool. And it's it's awesome to be sitting talking movies with two people who have that same philosophy. So I'm really excited about uh, today. So uh, so yeah, so today's episode, we're uh, this movie just came out. We just saw it this weekend. as the at, at the time of this recording, it's opening weekend of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I... Um, you know, uh, well, before we jump into our thoughts about it, um, Kayla, can you give us a quick kind of you know, 30 second synopsis of what the movie is about, if you can, without spoiling the entire episode? Mm. No pressure at all. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it Okay, so in a nutshell, it kind of feels like a continuation of WandaVision for anyone who's seen the show. So kind of where we find Wanda going into her Scarlet Witch persona. So she's kind of um, at odds with Doctor Strange in this movie, and he's experiencing the the multiverse, and he meets this character, Amar- America, America. America Chavez. America Chavez, yes. Yes, yes. So, who is a, a traveler who can travel between multiverses. So she kind of takes him on this journey, um, and I'm trying to think about how to frame this without getting into spoilers. So... So they're kind of against Scarlet Witch throughout the movie, and they're going along through these different multiverses to kind of see how Doctor Strange played out in these other different multiverses and come back to the present day to bring Scarlet Witch back into her Wanda persona. Yeah, you know, the more I think about this, I guess we should give this disclaimer because it's really not possible to dive into like some of the things that we want to talk about without talking spoilers in this movie. So if you're listening right now and you haven't seen this movie, I would recommend pausing it. Unless you don't care, then listen by all means, but earmark this episode because one of the things that we want to do is not just talk about like the high level themes and what we think, but really do a deep dive also into like some of the themes that that we might even talk to either in our personal lives or people and clients that we see, um, but also like st- case studies of some of the characters that we see. There's so much nuance to their journey and their stories. And I don't think we can do that without doing spoilers. So again, kind of a spoiler warning from this point forward, if you haven't seen the movie, um, make sure to come back and watch this as soon as you can. But by the time this is uh, out, most people who want to see this movie will have most likely already seen it. So, um, all right. So initial thoughts, I'll, I'll, I'll go with mine first. Okay. It wasn't so much just about the movie, but I am so fascinated with this idea of the multiverse mm-hmm. and I couldn't help. Maybe this is narcissism, who knows? Um, but I couldn't help, but to think like, what would be alternative Rick's, uh, in these different things and what would they be doing? Would they be the zombie same as Rick. me? <laughs> yeah. Zombie, zombie Rick. Yeah. That would be interesting. Uh, but I was just thinking about like, would I be the same is, I mean, one Rick is a lot of Rick. I gotta be honest, <laughs> but then you start to add in other Ricks and I just, I feel like the world couldn't, well, not the world, the multiverse may not be able to handle that 
Like uh, it would fracture. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it just, yeah, there might be rules in the multiverse against mm. that. So Can I, I ask know. a general question? Yes. Do you think that the idea of a multiverse is comforting? Like, oh, there are more possibilities. Oh, there are more potential options, right? More versions of me, which could be exciting mm. or it could be cool. Or is it daunting or is it, you know, in some way negative, which I think the only reason why I ask that is because mm -hmm. I think depending on your view of the multiverse, you may like or dislike this movie. Or I know Kayla and I have, have recently talked about everything everywhere all at once. Another movie that kind of plays with this idea. So do these things, are these like appealing or is it like, oh my gosh, now there are 85,000 Ricks. <laughs> well, oh, that no. it feels overwhelming. <laughs> okay, a little daunting when I say it that way. I, but. I guess it feels like it, it depends on if there's like a, supposed to be like a certain standard, right? So like, yeah. if I if I made a mistake, uh, it made a choice, and it was just not the right choice. I guess it would be mm -hmm. nice to like. I don't know if it's comforting, but if it's it's interesting to think about like what an alternative Rick would have done would he have made the same choice are all of us prone to, does every rick in the multiverse have adhd that's the big sure. question right because that's where that's a lot of rick and a lot of craziness right the madness part is really thriving in that name when you talk that many ricks with that many forms of adhd right but i i think it is interesting like how does everyone's story play out mm -hmm. um you know and and uh, it would be nice to know like hey if i could somehow communicate with different ricks in a different multiverse could i share wisdom with them if i if i you know learned something from a mistake or saw how this decision affect me in a certain way but i don't know i've never honestly i've never thought about it before what about i mean is this something that keeps you guys up at night thinking about as well or is this a brand new thought as uh, as well for you I think it depends in general about how you've lived your life and what choices you've had to make over time. Like if there were very serious consequences to the choices that you've had to make throughout your life, you could be very different versions of yourself. And if, especially if you feel like you didn't make the right choice at some point, that could kind of eat away at you. I think for me, it provides some sort of solace or peace to think about, I like this version of me, like comparatively. So I don't know what other versions of me are out there, but I like this version compared to the choices I've made throughout my life. And so it kind of gives some good context of like, is this one of the best timelines? Like I think, have y'all seen community? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's an episode all about the, the darkest timeline. So they kind of go through the different die and then Troy like, and Abed in the morning. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that show. I think of that, like when they're getting the pizza and like one's like very tame and then it goes to like, everything's on fire. And like, you yeah. just think about like, which version of that am I living? I think about that all the time. And these multiverse movies kind of bring me back into that of like, which shade of color would I be like in these different time spaces? Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting. I guess I, there are some pros and cons. So on the pro side, there are so many different permutations and interesting things because I think about it in my personal life. For instance, like, oh, if this relationship had worked out, mm -hmm. my whole life looks different, right? And mm -hmm. certain things, I mean, not the whole life, right? But a lot of things would be different, right? Um, or yeah, this job thing, or what if I had, you know, just upped and moved to this place or I had, you know, different circumstances, right? Which is kind of interesting. But then there's another side of it where if there are just like unlimited possibilities, then are the stakes kind of lowered because we can kind of undo things, right? And life's not about being perfect, right? But I mean, and we're all therapists, right? So we, we help walk with people through the stuff that they're dealing with, right? So I imagine that there are a lot of things that if we asked our clients, you know, it's kind of that, what is that miracle question, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, if you could like snap your fingers and things are better, right? Which would be great. We would all probably appreciate that. Yeah. But we don't live in that universe, right? Like we, so it's kind of the thought exercise is interesting, but at the same time too, it can be, it's interesting on a, you know, in a story way 
of seeing it play out and then like does this actually lead to good things for our characters or does this you know i mean it's it's definitely entertaining i think no doubt about that but it also at least in the case of this movie what's interesting is it it sometimes feels and and i think the marvel movies are really leaning into this of like kind of getting further and further away from real life because of there are all these like multiverses it's sort of like further and further away and different things going on different universe this thing that thing right and i mean that's the whole thing with tony stark and uh endgame right or you know where dr strange he holds up the finger it's like this is the only way that this works right mm. which that is like really cool but it's just it's interesting to think about um anyway and i'll, I'll hold some of my thoughts about the movie yeah <laughs> well you know what's interesting is like you know even though so there's a lot of elements of this movie that we'll never experience in our life but there's the human element that does tie into your question but the the multiverse piece in the relationship between you know Doctor Strange and Christine, yes, and mm-hmm. that, that regrets or that that pain that he's living with, and to know that there's other versions of that relationship out there that some have failed, some have succeeded, some have ended for circumstances that we'll talk about a little bit later, probably. But just to know that, like, man, that's such a tension. Where he he, I mean, they they describe it as he blew it with her, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so to have this opportunity where he doesn't necessarily get to hit the repeat button or the reset button, but to know that there's others out there that may have gotten it right. And then you could potentially communicate with them. I think that's the part that uh, that each of us may have different circumstances, but could probably relate with on the human level of going like, how many of us blew it somewhere or totally. messed mm-hmm. up and and don't have a reset button, but would love to share what we learned. And if we can't reset, to go back and to share that with somebody else so that they don't have the same mistakes as, as we do. And and to some extent, I feel like that's part of our journey as, as therapists even, right? Like, even though if we're not sharing specific details of those things, we, we serve as guides sometimes that we can share insights or wisdoms that some of them don't always come from books, right? Mm-hmm. They come from our own le- learned experiences and things that we grow with. So I just, I thought about that relationship in this movie and I, I love um, just that dynamic of thinking like, man, what, what if you blew it, but don't get a second chance, but yet you can still share what you learned with somebody else. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So what, what are your, some of your initial thoughts just from the movie standpoint? I know, Michael, you said that you had some thoughts, right? So I want to hear like, <laughs> I got some thoughts. What did you think about this movie overall? I mean, did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Where, I mean, is this your favorite movie and you're like a, a multiverse of madness tattoo? I mean, tell me yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Lower back. Tasteful, of course. Ooh. Tasteful. Yeah, it's just of uh, Wanda. <laughs> Wanda and the, the Scarlet Witch. I'm not <laughs> boring. You're boring. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Um, with the like the little crown thing. Mm. Um, you don't want the big star that America does for her I, oh, multiverse I like, That's hopping? more of like a bicep tattoo. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. I mean, you don't want to go too crazy here, you know, but. Um, okay. As to your question. <laughs> tattoos a different i learned a lot about you today that's right oh there's coming a lot more a lot more (laughs) what's the cats out of the bag um did i enjoy this movie i enjoyed this movie i also saw it with a lot of people so it was a very interesting theater going experience because it was there was so much hype i saw it on the friday night it had just come out i guess the thursday night previews were maybe like the first time it had come out but the next day the first opening friday and it was a packed house uh, I was trying to see an IMAX. I was not able to see an IMAX, but I, I loved being able to like just see a big movie that everybody's hype about. I thought that this movie had some really interesting ideas. I don't think this movie fully works. I this is the twenty eighth MCU movie. Wow! And Whoa. I don't think there's any way that this even sniffs like the top ten. Mm-hmm. It's it's it has some ideas. I just I wish this movie had a little bit more conviction. And it would actually go for it. So 
they dir- the director is Sam Raimi, yes. who did like the old Spider-Man movies, but mm-hmm. has also done a bunch of horror movies and things. And you could tell that he wanted to go kind of more with like the horror elements of things, mm-hmm. which I'm like, which I, I get that that's not exactly, you know, Disney Marvel friendly, but I was like, lean in, go for it. Like, let's see how weird this can get. Mm. And especially when you're talking about the multiverse and it kind of plays up this, you know, um, I'm probably going too abstract right now. I guess my overall, my overall thought was with Wanda's grief, with these horror elements, with certain things, with certain characters, I kind of wish they had leaned in more. So it was sort of like, hey, we're leaning in to some extent, but we're not going all the way. I would give this movie like a four out of 10. Really? Yeah. Wow. Brutal. It was... It, and I, there's still some good parts about a four out of ten, but it just for me, like mm. the the credits or <laughs> the, the popcorn, <laughs> the no, ambiance. The bathroom great. was so clean. <laughs> Let me tell you, the cinematography though was great. <laughs> I love the shots. No, I I still very much enjoyed it. It was just I think my expectations were so high, and I found that this movie for a movie that was. I thought was going to be about grief and this big like mm-hmm. character study. I found it to be kind of lost in the weeds of all the multiverse stuff. And it was kind of like Icarus flying too close to the sun. I mm-hmm. think Marvel, I, I love that they're trying to go for it, but it just, at the end I came away saying like, did this movie have much to say? I think it, it leaned into a couple things, but I don't know if it like fully went there. That's you know? interesting. And I'll also just say, I Dr. Strange and, Wanda, like Scarlet, which are not two of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, yeah. In okay. particular, so massive caveat there. Yeah, I, I still enjoyed aspects of it, but it, it, I came away feeling like sort of s- some empty calories. What do you, you know? think, Kayla? Mm. So I'm kind of the opposite. Not that I was like, this is the greatest Marvel movie ever. Terrible made. bathrooms, awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> Popcorn, mid. Mediocre. That's um, right. <laughs> Mike and Ike's. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I I'll start off saying they actually are two of my favorite characters in the Marvel oh, universe. Snap. So I think I view it through a little bit of a different lens. I okay. Very dark. I appreciate the darkness. I like Sam Raimi. Um, I think, I think the get whole, darker, vi- get weirder. <laughs> the whole vibe of the movie is like brutal, but make it PG 13 sort of like, mm-hmm. cause they, they really, uh, I think he does a good job alluding to things, but not showing the, the gore of it. It's kind of like some mind theater yeah. in that aspect. Um, I think, I don't see why it was a Dr. Strange movie. I have to see. I don't think it really like has anything to do with him as far as like a character. Like I get him being a part of the cast but it's not really his movie it's really wanda's or scarlet witches um yeah didn't love america's performance thought it was a little cheesy um i saw she was actually only 16 in real life the actress yeah which i thought was interesting so kayla take it back (laughs) whoops uh how dare you (laughs) so next week will just be me flying solo we've offended everybody everyone just quit it's it's chaos here yeah yeah (laughs) So, and I haven't read any of the comics or uh, graphic novels or anything. So this is also a little bit biased, but the star thing cracked me up the whole time. All I could think of, do you remember the Disney channel when they would do the little, yeah, the wand thing the wand. and they would do like the Disney, like the Absolutely. Disney years when she would do that. That's all I could think of is oh like the gosh, throwback yes. Disney, like the star, like it was such a serious tone. And then that would just be like. Sparkles. Really like a like, giant. Here's Zach and Cody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a raven. 
I just, I don't know. That's all I, I mean, can think you, of. Are you about to jump into like the M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S? Mm-hmm. Not a sponsor, by the way. <laughs> Rick just has a toddler, so he's very well versed in the, the family I mean, friendly. He, we got to do what we got to do. The next 10 episodes are all going to be on the, uh, basically the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse TV show, actually. <laughs> Buckle in everybody. <laughs> so yeah. So okay. So that did that take you out of the movie? Because these are characters that you love. But did that was it hard to like, stay locked into that that tone when you had such a kind of like that star sparkly kind of yeah, feel? Yeah, yeah. It felt very campy and not a fun way. I don't know. Like I don't know how to explain that. But it's so dark, and then to have that like light shining, it just yeah, it kind of took me out of the the universe a little bit. That's interesting. I so I same thing. I uh, Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch are two of my favorite characters. Doctor Strange was one of the first comic book characters I got into. I didn't know all of his stuff, but there was a series when I was a kid that I would always read. Um, I think I had like five or six of them that he would find these threats and then have to find these really unique superheroes to kind of overcome that threat based on their skill sets and characters um, and and stuff like that. So I loved that Scarlet Witch. I didn't know as much about, but just she's one of my favorite characters in the MCU, just her journey and arc. And I was just such a hardcore fan of WandaVision. I didn't see it coming with the her being, I didn't know she was the main villain in the movie. Cause mm-hmm. I was really trying to not watch all the trailers and I, I muted all the, the keywords on online social media. So I wouldn't get spoiled. Cause I, I, they were starting to give away so much in the, in the trailers. I just stopped watching. So I didn't, I didn't know that was the thing. And I still don't know how I feel about that because like, her like WandaVision was such a perfect ending in that she she creates this alternative reality and her pain and her grief kind of finally starts to come to terms with like accepting her losses and goes okay I still hurt but I have I've I can find hope moving forward this felt like such a 180 to me but I still liked it so I'm really wrestling with that like did I like that choice or not because like you know a lot of her pain was in in WandaVision was by from losing vision Mm-hmm. And this, it was really driven by your kids, which I can get that. But it was so like, in one side, it felt like it was like a 180 of her character. The other part was like, almost felt like an extension of her character. That would be the next logical thing of not being able to, okay, I accept this, but this is a new loss she hasn't wrestled with because she had to essentially say goodbye to her kids when she ended that whole fake reality. And now she's really like diving into the darkness of this, was a dark hold, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hearing the kids' voices and just wrestling with that. I mean, that's, I don't know. So I loved that theme. But yeah, I, I liked the movie a lot, but I didn't like all of it. And and it, because that character means a lot to me, I couldn't tell if I liked that decision. I'm still like wrestling with it. And I think uh, that goes into another thing, which is if you have not seen WandaVision, I think this movie is not going to make much sense, to be honest. It's a continuation. It's totally sure. a continuation. And I actually really liked WandaVision. It's interesting yeah. because of the way that I think COVID stuff happened where like WandaVision was the first Disney Plus TV show. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed it because I love when we kind of mismatch genres. And so it's like, oh, it's like full house and all these kind of, you know, like family dramas, but then they're doing it in like the MCU, which I know some people were like, yo, what the heck get me to like vision fighting another version of vision. That's what I, that's all I want. Episode eight, you know, but I actually really like when they, they do those sort of things. So I appreciated that. It's interesting too, that right. Her character, when you find out that the whole thing isn't real, it's sort of like, there are different sides of it because on the one hand, none of it's real. So it like, doesn't even matter, but also it gets at, you know, to some extent, right? Like when people go through trauma, the things that we imagine our regrets are, you know, the, the pain, different people respond to that in different ways. Right. And obviously too, she mentions early on in this movie about how the way that things play out in the, the last two Avengers movies, right. Where like vision dies and then it's undone by Thanos, right. With the time stone. And then she's like, 
my loss didn't mean anything, mm. right? Because it was just undone and then, you know, just like kind of moved on, right? Yeah. Moving forward, right? Well, that's a good segue into like looking, switching hats from like the movie lover, you know, hat that we all wear to, to kind of like putting on that like therapeutic hat for a second, doing like mm. a deeper dive into these characters and these themes. I mean, you're talking about regret, you're talking about loss and grief. What, what are some other themes that, as you're thinking about her story and the trauma that she's experiencing and, and not having meaning making? Were there any other themes that jumped out to you in this movie? Yeah. Uh, Kayla, Michael? I was going to say, I feel like there's a lot of her saying like, what if, right? Because mm. when you lose somebody, you're not just losing them. You're losing mm. the life with them. You're losing the memories. You're losing the things moving forward, right? Together, right? The, the promise of what life could be. Um, I had a hard time with it in part because I was like, like the whole thing wasn't real. Her children weren't real, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But then, so it's kind of like alluding to this thing that I think is really beautiful and cool. And I want all my MCU heroes to have beautiful families and to be happy at home and at work, you know, all yeah. those things. But I, it was interesting to see kind of how she played with that. And then, I mean, power is obviously like a huge theme in mm -hmm. this. I guess one of the things is I, I will just say I love Batman and Spider-Man in part because they feel more human to me. So when you guys are talking about like these characters that are just their powers, you know, like I never could connect with Superman as well because he felt just so not human mm. because he's so powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. And so with Dr. Strange and with Wanda who are admittedly cool and I like their characters, it's just harder for me to kind of connect to the human parts of them because their powers are so like multiversal. Right. And, yeah. and they can switch between realities and mm. this and that. And so it's interesting, I guess if you're able to kind of both accept the big picture, you know, okay, we're, we're diving into the multiverse and this thing and that thing. And then, but also this very kind of dark human theme, right? You can do both. If you can hold both those things in tension with one another, you'll probably really love this. Mm -hmm. But if you're somebody who tends to go either the high or like more of the kind of grounded stuff, it, it might be tricky because it's kind of trying to do all of it. You know yeah. what I mean? And I just know that I respond more to the, more grounded, less of the kind of just like capes and flying and powers, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so that's partly why I liked WandaVision was that I thought it was really interesting kind of before it, it the finale plays out and all the things with the, um, you know, once you kind of like pull off the veneer, but like yeah. the original, I thought, or like the first, first little bit, I thought it was going someplace really interesting and I still very much enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I hope to, I am, I am a fair weather fan. I do not like tossing water on things. So I do not <laughs> want to be captain negative on this episode. I'm just saying, I think, I think this one, the regret, the loss, the pain, trying to move forward, trying to make meaning out of her losses. Mm -hmm. They're all these things that they, they kind of touch on, but, or even, Another thing that I'll just say really bothers me. It's like, oh, America has two moms. And then she, they're on screen for 15 seconds. And then it's like, oh, we checked the representation box. It's mm. like, no, you didn't. Like, that's BS. Like, I mean, you did, but it's it's so cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's where I wish that these movies you have. I mean, and we can talk about this too, how these initially niche stories, right? Like superheroes were not like mainstream when we were kids, right? Mm -hmm. Or didn't feel that way. It felt like these outsiders and all these things. And now they're the biggest movies in the world, right? And they yeah. keep training them out. And so I'm like, you know, <laughs> to quote, uh, you know, Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. You have the ability to tell these really powerful stories. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just expecting too much from my multi-billion-dollar yeah, corporations. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> but, let's let me switch gears just for a second. I want to get your thoughts, Kayla, about like what themes did you see? Sorry, I'm going way no, back no, here. That's okay. <laughs> no, we'll come back to some of that stuff because I want to touch yeah. on a couple of things that I wrote down a note here. Um, what uh, what themes did you see in this movie? Looking through the lens of both a movie lover, but also someone who's a, a therapist as well. Yeah. So I I kept thinking about choices. I think I I. We were talking about Harry Potter before this, and I always go back to Dumbledore quotes. And I kept thinking of yeah. the "it's our choices that define who we are" far more than our abilities. And I that that quote kind of echoed in this movie. Let's go. Yeah, because it's all about you know like what you're what you're given and what you choose and the path you take. I wrote down FOMO. I like if mm-hmm. on a, like in a nutshell, I was like just the FOMO experience and like rooted in reality of how fear of missing out. You talking yeah, about yeah, right? fear okay. of missing out. Yes, so all of these different lives that other people live like on social media per se. And you get, I was thinking of that element of like, you're kind of seeing the lens that other people are living and saying like, Oh, is the grass greener where they're living or this life that they're living? Would I have a better life if I was living how they're living and this like comparison narrative. And I think I also work with a lot of teenagers and they're pretty tied to their technology and social media and some of these comparison and jealousy kind of aspects. So I think I was also kind of viewing it from that lens as far as like these lives that I could have lived had I done this or if I had done what my friend did or if I got into this college or if I took this co- this AP course or something like that. And I think uh, no one's immune to that. No, like no matter who you are, what age you are with the rise of technology and getting to see other people's lives. Um, the other thing I was thinking of, did anyone notice the initials of the movie? Uh, well, just the M Doctor of M. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Mom. Multiverse of Madness. Mom, and it's all about how she's longing to be a mom. Ooh, that's the word I I wrote down was longing. The, yeah. the, to me, the theme of longing. We will do crazy things when the pain of longing exists in our in our lives. Right? Oh, I didn't even think so about the. Deep. I love it. I didn't think about. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good just job, make, Rick. Can you write that down <laughs> and just it. like because I don't get to hear that very often, <laughs> Rich. <laughs> His love language is words of affirmation. We're learning. <laughs> I'm patting myself back uh, on the back right now. The longing, like the pain of longing. I, I, I didn't even think about the initials thing. That's really cool. But the whole theme of longing, how you will do anything when, when you haven't accepted that this is your reality. Mm-hmm. And so she she starts to accept this reality without her, essentially her spouse or her partner. Um, but she can't come to terms with, especially when she hears that, you know, there's that tag at the end of WandaVision where she hears the kids' voices as she's mm-hmm. starting to tap into this whole like multiverse or this alternative reality thing. And it's like, you can just see this, it creates this longing in her that dives into this film. And we'll do crazy things when we want something that bad you know, to, to, to make that pain go away. And so that longing to be a mom, um, is, is such a powerful thing that, that people can relate with. And even if we, we specifically can't relate with the feelings of, of being a mom, like we all long to be something. I mean, when I was single, I longed to be, you know, with somebody. And when I was then married, but we didn't have kids, I longed to have kids. And that mm-hmm. was such a unique type of pain because typically with, with grief, we, we grieve after something that we've lost, but with longing, it's different because sometimes we never had it in the beginning to to, to lose, and yet it's, it's still like you a form don't have of the loss. language behind it. Yes. Of like this is what I'm missing, right? And right. Other people can't see it as well. Yeah, right. 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 It's like this invisible. I mean, 
yeah, it's it's less visible. Yeah, exactly. I'll share something personal. Just uh, you know, I share with both you guys. Both of you have met my son. He's uh, you know, he's going to be three in a couple of uh, months here. But we we adopted. What so longing was a big theme of of my life for quite a few years when everyone we knew was married and had kids, and we found out that we likely weren't going to have biological children. And it was so painful to go to all these places where everyone has kids and you don't. And you don't feel like you belong. And there's this longing to have something that you can't get. And it's like, it's so hard, right? And so the challenge is like, what do I do with that pain or that feeling? In my case, this goes back to like what you said. In my case, um, I don't have these crazy like hex powers where I can just make a reality happen. I can live in denial and I could try to manipulate things around me. But at the end of the day, my power is limited to what I can physically construct with my hands or my voice, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where the disconnect, like I think, Michael, you're sharing with the the, the character and going like, I, uh, it's hard to relate when the character can create this alternative reality to ease the pain of longing where the everyday person can't do that. But yet we still do that anyway. We try to create alternative situations. We're just less successful because we don't have the tools like she does, right? I think that's a really interesting thing to think about of like, what are the human ways that we try to create our own reality or... Um, dissociate from like a mental illness, mental health perspective of what ways do we try to fake our reality or disconnect or live into avoidance patterns that don't require having powers. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to you know, like, okay, so what is my, what is my uh, tool of choice? In that mm-hmm. case? So in her case, she can wave her hands and, you know, tap into the multiverse and create all these like alternative realities. But for us, like the alternative re- reality might be trying to control our surroundings mm-hmm. or trying to, you know, it could be addiction, right? Yeah. Or it could yeah. be whatever Substances. that thing is. Yeah. So I, I just, it's interesting to go. You know, and I guess maybe that's why I can feel like I can create these characters that are so abstract and so Mm -hmm. powerful because at the end of the day, you look at Dr. Strange and the regret he feels when he's at that wedding and going like at the end of the day, I feel like I've had that face before where you're like, you're happy for them, but you recognize your own loneliness or your own pain. Or you have to put on the face. You have to put on the face. Exactly. For you or right. Right. Conversation at the bar. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to throw out one other thing that stood out to me. Uh, it was really interesting to see, um, this resentment and anger. One, I never thought about, I love that they introduced in this movie this idea that people are actually aware that Doctor Strange gave away the time stone to Thanos and how many people blamed Doctor Strange for that choice. I never yeah. thought about that consequence, but yeah. she's saying like, because of you, I had to watch my husband die and I had to essentially kill him with my own powers. Mm-hmm. And then because you gave the time stone away, I watched him come back to life after I did something absolutely traumatic and watch him be killed again right in front of me at a much more gruesome, nasty way that at least I didn't, like I couldn't even control that. And it's because of you. Like I just, I thought that was such a unique thing of like her resentment was so strong towards him that it was almost compounding that longing feeling because now she has like in her mind, a villain. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you caused this. You took this away from me, mm-hmm. and now she can blame. But then, the at, even at the wedding, the the other doctor—I forget his, the doctor's name—but the doctor was like, "Oh, I lost my kids, and also my or my my cats, but also my brother or whatever." You know, but like <laughs> yeah. Michael still, you know, like still was there any other way? And he's even almost essentially blaming Doctor Strange, right? So for him to sit there and go like, "I had made a really difficult choice that ultimately saved lives because we could bring everybody back," but at the same time look at the wake of destruction and people are blaming me. I'm not Thanos. I didn't cause this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm still being blamed. There's still resentment that's pointed towards me. How do I cope with that? So that was something that stood out to me. Did you guys pick up on that theme or did you guys like kind of um, other similar themes like to that, 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 uh, that stood out to you? Yeah, that is really interesting. I was going to say too, and I think you see this in quite a few movies, but sort of this, you know, when you've got powers and then also trying to live a life, like you can tell the cost of that for, 
Doctor Strange, like that the relationship doesn't work out, right? Or, I mean, and I was trying to think about it too. I, I guess one of the things that's interesting with Marvel, right, is like the biggest, I guess you could say they do this with, you know, Peggy and Steve, you know, uh, Captain America, but in some ways, like the biggest relationship that they focus on, and you also see it with Pepper and Tony, um, but is, but literally between like a magical, like sorceress and a robot. Like, right. and that's like the most interesting, yeah. like, I mean, or that's the most kind of in-depth really like romantic relationship that they dive into. So it's just interesting. Cause I'm like, come on, like give me, give me real romance. <laughs> like that's what I want. You know, I want, I want to weep with joy. <laughs> that's right. That's what give I me want. The, wedding the bells. multiverse rom-com. Yeah, exactly. Which is not, <laughs> <laughs> give me Dang. that multiverse. Give me that reality. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. I'm not boring. You're boring. That's right. That's right. Um, so it's interesting that they, that they do that. But now that you guys are bringing this up, I, I think it's really interesting. I, I, I do think there is, yeah, that sense of loss and what could have been in the, I think for Dr. Strange as well, that he is, it's weird. He, you know, once things kind of transpire, like he's this, you know, he's got Wan, I guess, right. Who's like the Sorcerer Supreme. Right, I forgot. Did did Doctor Strange become the Sorcerer Supreme, or is it just? Yeah, that's Wong? interesting. I forgot he lost it because yeah. he mm-hmm. he he was gone for five years, and yeah. Wong didn't leave. So right. Wong kind of inherited it. And I then, love Wong. Yeah, yeah. At, at the end of um, Shang Chi, when he's just karaokeing with Aquafina and Simu Liu, I was just like, yes, like <laughs> I want just a banger. I just want to see like a half hour of them going out and like hitting the town. <laughs> Wong to, karaoke night. I would have had so much fun with that, you know? And I, I just love those kind of humorous elements of the MCU. Yeah, where they, where yeah. They and dive in with those. Yeah, and I was going to say too, it's interesting, the movies that I think I connect with really well for the MCU in part, I you know, there's this kind of quote unquote villain problem for the MCU. Part of the reason why I think Black Panther works is that I think there is a really kind of relatable uh empathic quality to the killmonger character yeah Mm, and so and i kind of view it as almost this like mlk malcolm x Mm -hmm. like do we fight back or are we more like is there strength and silence yeah strength and silence and and, yeah and and solitude and in terms of like not reciprocating in the Mm -hmm. same ways right like how do we how do we fight back against oppressors right so i really enjoyed that villain some of the other MCU villains, it's hard for me to see kind of their motivation. So I like the idea of taking a character that we know one way and then kind of transposing her in this. She's not even fully a, a villain, but she's right. she's in pain and she wants to go back mm-hmm. to this possibility of a reality in which she has her children and she probably, you know, is with Vision, say, um, even if that's not real, right? And so even that's so sad if you really sit back and think about that, that she is like longing for this reality that never really happened and can't really happen, but she is like, take me there. I'm in so much pain. And, and that kind of is one of the things too, when you kind of have those blinders on, you just like see red, yeah. right? Of just, I'm in so much pain. I'm so angry. I'm in so much sadness. It's it's overwhelming. It's encompassing. Like it's, it's all encompassing. And so, right, like she just has this tunnel vision. So I can I can see that and relate and at least sympathize with, you know, in the times that I have felt loss or just like oh my gosh like this was the way this was supposed to work out and yeah. now it hasn't right yeah and so in that way you can you can see some of those elements i think that are are more human to her and that are relatable and i and i, I agree with the stuff with motherhood and and that she 
she also lost her brother earlier on mm-hmm. in the MCU. Her parents, you know, early on yeah, when she was a kid. Yeah, yeah and it's the amazing. Sokovia stuff. And yeah, so her character in some ways maybe goes through the most loss of anybody mm-hmm. yeah. um, in the MCU. And so even just looking at her as a sympathetic character as opposed mm-hmm. to this like other, oh my gosh, she's otherworldly. She can, you know, she's, she's one of the most powerful beings in the whole MCU, right? Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, there are the parts, uh, you know, in, in Endgame where you can tell the people that like actually have a fighting chance against Thanos. And I was like, Sign up Scarlet Witch. Like, yeah. right, she's right. solid. Like, she can kick ass. Yeah. She's great, you know? Kayla, any, any other themes that jump out to you? Any, any other thoughts about those things? That, I mean, we've touched on a lot, but I wanted to mm-hmm. see if there's any other insights just based on your perspective, especially special, specializing with themes of, like, you know, identity and belonging and things like that. Like, was there anything else that stood out to you? Yeah, I just, I, I think about, like, the dark side of what we all have the capability to be. Like, I, I like the times when, I think it was Doctor Strange was commenting to her, he says something like, it's chaos and you leave a lot of destruction in your path on your journey, but you ultimately make good. Like, you ultimately choose the right path at the end. And I think there's a lot to be said from, like, a grief and loss perspective about that of, like, yeah, you might have, like, harm some people in your wake, but you ultimately are good and you're fighting for that. I think one of the most powerful moments in the movie was when she finds the the other mother, the the Wanda that's with the kids in this other reality, and she says, uh, "Don't worry that they'll be loved," or something along those lines. And like that's all it took for yeah, her. Know that they'll be loved. Yeah. Know that yeah. they'll mm-hmm. be loved. And I like even saying that, I get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Just I I think I cried when I saw it, but. I like that's all she wanted to know like I think her fear was like no one will love these people these children these people that I've lost as much as I could so even though it's destructive and I'm hurting everyone else around me it's worth it because these people are worth it in this alternate reality but once she knew that like she was able to let go and it was it was okay yeah I mean that 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 part at the end near the end where she sees the kids and they're horrified Mm. of her because of what she's done to their mother and the very thing that drove her to do all this crazy stuff was the same thing that was now driving her kids away from her. I just, that scene where they're like looking at her like a monster, it broke her heart, but it finally mm-hmm. snapped her out of this. Like I'm, I'm trying to control so much that I'm hurting the very ones that I'm trying to love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a human thing that we all have seen probably either clients or even to some extent experienced things in our life that we're unaware of. And you're like, man, if you only could recognize that your control is actually hurting the people that you care most about, and it's counterproductive to what you're trying to yeah. do. It's such, I, that was a, that was a powerful theme. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, to then, yeah, finally accept like, maybe there's someone who could love them better than, than me. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and maybe my idea is trying to control everything is not going to ultimately get me what I want, which is love and acceptance and, you know, and, and maybe the, the real strength lies in being vulnerable and ac- accepting that and allowing someone else to take And being over. able to let go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's a lot of that with the kind of like control. I need to have this right, and mm-hmm. and so I think there's definitely something to that of, and that's incredibly difficult. You know, we we tell our clients all the time. I mean, it, you know, not in a cliche way, but right, like there's so many things that we can control and so many things that we can't mm-hmm. control, right? And so mm-hmm. how do we reconcile the things that we can't control and still move forward, right? And still show up and still be present and still do the things we can. Right. But still have a level of acceptance and yeah. kind of serenity to there is a lot here that isn't up to me. And that's, that's int- like, I'm so sorry. Know. I just interrupted no, you. I apologize. I just uh, I just thought about this. So, so the two themes of, um, 
you know, with Doctor Strange and with Wanda are very much control and getting them to release some of that control. There's a line earlier on in the movie about um, some along the lines of like, you always had to have the scalpel in your hands. Yes. Right? Yes, Christine. But think about yeah, the, the, the main source of tension in the movie is that America Chavez can't control her powers. Mm-hmm. And so she's yeah. trying to learn how to control, and the other two are trying to learn how to release control. Mm, yeah, I didn't yeah. ever even thought about that watching that movie, but like that journey, because how many times do we have things that we're supposed to be controlling in our life and we don't because we're so focused on other things? Mm-hmm. You know, so her journey is similar to a lot of people also of like, you know, feeling like you're out of control because you feel helpless. And yet um, the theme of the other two is, is like you're trying to control so much that you're actually feeling overwhelmed or you're hurting others in the wake of destruction that you're creating. Um, and that dichotomy of like Chavez ultimately to succeed has to learn to control her powers. The other two to succeed have to learn how to release. Yeah. And to like love and protect others, right? We either will overcompensate and over control or mm-hmm. we let go and then it's, you know, it can turn into apathy or whatever, right? Of just like this is too big or you know, kind of check out. And so it's interesting that both of those polar extremes like don't work. You know, there has to be kind of a middle ground. And yeah, I, I thought about that too with her. She reminded me a lot of more kind of like an X-Men character, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, young person doesn't know how to control her powers and realizes like, oh my gosh, this is going to affect other people. Right. Yeah. And I'm literally hopping between this thing and, and she's wanting it to stop. Right. And how, terrifying that is you know there's a lot of fear i mean obviously this movie too plays up with the idea of fear mm-hmm. a lot with you know uh, kind of more of the horror elements or you know zombie doctor stranger or whatever right but it, it plays up these these ideas of fear which is partly why i've always loved batman a lot is because mm. he mm-hmm. it's not like you don't have like you can kind of become fear but you can move move forward despite it right and it's okay to feel the fear but what do you do with it right like and yeah then, Anyway, so I appreciate yeah, that a lot. Yeah, I think of like trauma and anxiety when I'm working with clients. Control, I think, is one of the biggest avoidance patterns that I see. Just like an ability, like trying to build acceptance of not controlling things because mm-hmm. control is just the illusion of creating safety, right? Like yeah. I say anxiety is just having uncertainty and then trying to fill in the blanks with what's possible. And control is a really band-aidy way to go about that, to say like, if I can control these elements, I know what's going to happen, whether it's good, bad in between, at least I know what to expect versus the uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're humans. We love patterns. We want to fill in the blanks and say a equals B equals like, we want to be able to calculate that. And life's just not calculatable like that. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating to think about that. Like the journey of trying to control things and, and trying to create safety for ourselves. But like ultimately, if we think about the, the opposition, like how, how often we can't experience peace or serenity until we learn to accept. It is such a, a freeing concept, but it means accepting some level of, um, you know, pain or some level of stress um, that even though it, it's such a weird thing to think like in trying to control things it doesn't give us any control at all sometimes you know like have you guys seen that gif of uh (laughs) it's that guy out in the ocean with a mop and it says this is what it looks like to control things that you can't control (laughs) and he's literally he's almost like he's swinging like this dance move he's just this guy and he's rhythmatically grabbing his mop and his mop bucket and just taking three steps into the ocean and just going on like this sweeping motion with it and he steps back squeezes out in his little mop bucket and jumps send back it in to me. I'll awesome. have to find it and send you I just it's so this funny better than the actual like, the actual yeah. GIF yeah. it's so hilarious to me yeah you know unfortunately we don't have a video podcast because I was I was getting into it you know like yeah. a lot of hips shim- a lot of, yeah. a lot a lot of shimmies I mean you know my, my name in high school my nickname was a lot of hips Rick oh that's Gutters- nice I mean you know it's just like Shakira that's- hips don't lie Rick yeah, that's, that's right. my theme song a lot of hips Rick <laughs> uh, 
Well, hey, let's uh, let's segue. <laughs> <laughs> So many emotions right now. Um, so let's 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 kind of put on our hat. Like whether we want to sit down. Like I, I kind of call it like either it could be a clinical question or it could be a coffee question. But like if we could sit down with some of these characters, right, mm-hmm. and just ask them some questions. Like what what are some? Is there a character that you would love to sit down and just talk to and ask some questions to? Kayla, I'd love to start with you. And I could see you pontificating right now. Is, is there anybody that you would love to sit down and just have a conversation with? And and, and if so, is there a question that you would like to start asking them? Mm, that's a great question. I, my mind wants to go to Wanda because I just, I love her. I, I work with a lot of clients with trauma and specifically like memories and desensitizing memories and things like that. So I think working with her would be really amazing. Just kind of figuring out who she is under all these layers of grief and loss that have transpired over time of, like how has her identity been shaped over time with multiple losses and as she comes into these powers and like when she met Agatha, Agatha Harkness, right? And um, like where is there, like where is she finding comfort in the darkness? Because I think of there's like a certain level of comfort to be had in the darkest parts of us. Like we all have dark parts and that's Mm -hmm. why I really like the kind of like non-pathologizing language of um, like internal family systems theory, which we'll probably talk about on a later episode, but um, living into that and seeing like, how could this be useful where I could like use this, but like have it not be so destructive in my path. If I'm really trying to reconnect and reunite with people in my life, how can I still harness this power that I have, but still be human and still like, I'm looking for that humanity. Like how, how do you stay grounded with having all this power Yeah, is kind of, I think the conversation I would explore with her. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Anybody Ooh, that stand out? Good. Well, you, you stole the most obvious one, but <laughs> thanks. No, I'm just kidding. I would say with Dr. Strange, it seems like he has a lot of regret. So I would ask something to the effect of, I mean, this seems like a really generic softball question, but like, are you content? And mm. it seems like, I, I remember somebody recently told me like contentment is a really attractive quality to find in people because oftentimes right when we're not content when we're not feeling good about things when we are you know kind of striving right we can we can oftentimes cause pain we can often try to be controlling right like contentment i think comes with this idea of like being able to in a healthy way like let go and also accept and so i would ask him because obviously right things with his relationship with christine you know in terms of the whole thing you know uh, um, what's it called? The, the infinity saga, right? Like yeah, how, how that yeah. all plays out. And then even too, right? Like his story is started off by this traumatic incident, right? In which he, you know, has this, this car accident, right? In the, in the first Dr. Strange movie, right? He's the surgeon and then he can't, he can't do that anymore, right? He like mm-hmm. loses that. So another thing with loss, but kind of like, are you content with like the meaning making you've, you've, gone down and and towards the life that you're living right because mm-hmm. i think we all deserve to be you know happy sounds like this kind of cliche word but i think really content and really like proud of the life you're living i always tell my clients like you deserve to live a life that you are are content with that you're proud of right like what are the things that you want to do how do we tap into who you are and make you come alive because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. everybody deserves that i fundamentally believe that about all human beings no matter what we've done or the mistakes we've made or our stories right that that's that's like a core human virtue like that's or like something that i think human beings are worthy of right? yeah and so really asking that because i think as a hero and i think all of our favorite heroes right in some ways can like kind of wrestle with that but with dr strange it's interesting because he he has lost a lot 
And so, you know, even the first scene of the movie is just like him in this crazy kind of scenario dream sequence mm-hmm. type thing. And so it's like, he probably isn't very content. <laughs> right? yeah. But I, I wonder, I think sometimes we get so kind of separated from what we feel like we have to do and what we want to do. Right. And so like, what does he actually want to do? Like, what could he, where, where could he find contentment? Where could he find joy in his life? And how, you know, how much of this is just like, these are the things that I feel like I have to do my responsibility or I have these powers. So I have to fight for good or what have you, but is he actually truly content with his life or, you know, the content person I think could go to somebody else's wedding and even say like, Hey, I'm really happy for you. Even though I can, I can hold on to the loss and the tension of like, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that wishes this were me with you. Right. But I'm also happy for you and I'm happy with where I'm at, you know, and like finding that. And so I think the movie like kind of tips into that a bit, but then as we say, like it kind of goes away from being a Doctor Strange movie. But I would love to see more of that with him. Yeah, Michael, that's I think we're finding a better tattoo for you, living the life that you're worthy of. Oh, versus your previous tattoo. Okay, cool. So, so no more <laughs> twinkly stars. I mean, maybe inside the star, maybe around it. Nice. I mean, creative choice. But. I was gonna say I have two <laughs> butt cheeks, so I have one for each. You know, classy. You are the star of your life. <laughs> hey, hello. Mom, I hope you're not listening. Sorry. <laughs> well, I had a checklist of words I didn't think would be on this episode. I would say that last one was probably one of them. Uh, but hey. Butt cheeks. Yeah, exactly. Just to reiterate. <laughs> just, just to reiterate, right? Um, Reflection. It's Question. interesting, yeah. the, the contentment thing. Like At the very end, there's almost a symbolic thing that there's uh, potentially him wrestling with that. Because like the end of the first Doctor Strange movie, he looks down at his watch that's broken. Yes. And he sees his hands trembling. Yeah. And he, he could have used his powers to fix that. But then he wouldn't have had the powers to essentially save the world yeah. and is he okay with that so in that mm-hmm. end of that Doctor Strange movie there seems to be some contentment but then this movie kind of reopens that thing of like I'm still not really satisfied because of not just the, the hands thing I maybe have found contentment with but not the relationship I still want to share my life with somebody but he he switches out the watch face which I mm-hmm. thought was almost a symbol of like accepting and releasing that old relationship yeah. and going yeah. I'm ready for a fresh start Yeah, but I like that question of like contentment like are you actually content you you know with, with this superhero journey because you have the power to change everything about those things mm-hmm. and there's that inner combat i think it's really really powerful and yeah i i same thing like i wrote down all my notes thinking about wanda but i i guess um I, I let me think this out loud for a second so think about america chavez i think she's she's another really strong character yeah you know like when you think about like the guilt or the or, or the, the blame that you would have of i essentially in her mind i killed both my parents is what yeah. her, she's wrestling with it's a tough pain yeah and, tough. and then to live your whole life bouncing around with no connection to anybody and and then being able to uproot i guess the question that comes to my mind would be like you know what are you what are you running from and how is that working for you right? because if she's i haven't really fully thought this through so kevin let me let me just kind of fumble through my my thoughts here for a second um you know when you lose something right so my background with grief and loss you see these different types of you know losses and we all respond either by kind of shutting down or staying busy that's kind of like that passive like that that uh that doing or that feeling mode Uh, the feelers usually kind of crumple to the couch and they just can't get off for you know the couch for a week and watch netflix all day long right the doers are like i can't stop to feel this because it hurts too much and think about having the power of like i can go anywhere in the entire multiverse i want even though in in her case she hasn't learned how to control it yet um it's almost symbolic of like i can't slow down to feel what i've lost that i've viewed myself as i caused Mm -hmm. and so if i could ask her a question just like what would it stop what would it feel like to hit the pause button and just yeah 
pause. Be still. Right. Mm-hmm. And to actually grieve those losses, would we get clarity and go like, maybe I wasn't to blame. I was just a kid and I got stung by a bee and I accidentally did this thing that I didn't know I was aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. But she blames herself for that and she bouncing around from place to place. Like, could you, could you sit in that? And also in, as healing comes, could you actually learn to build relationships with new people and form friendships? Like to, mm-hmm. to see that even though he's a flawed person, like to see that trust begin to build in her relationship with Dr. Strange, um, and, and learning to actually build some community with somebody, that would be the, the thing I would probably start wanting to talk to her about was just like, what would it look like to just slow down for a minute and not bounce around from place to place? Mm-hmm. And, and then could that reframe the way that you look at the situation? Yeah. And then building compassion with someone else, would that lead to better self-compassion for yeah. her mistakes? I was going to say, and it was interesting to see her introduction brought out things in Dr. Strange's character where he's looking out for her. Like, and mm-hmm. he even kind of, it's, it's sort of similar to a little bit of Tony and, and Peter, Tony Stark and, and Peter. Parker, yeah. Where yeah. It's sort of like looking out for this kid, you know, it reminded me a lot actually of, I love the old X-Men movies. Um, the, the Brian Singer ones before Brian Singer got canceled, but like X one and X two are both so good. And in the first one where Hugh Jackman's Wolverine comes into contact with Rogue uh, and a Paquin's character who also has these powers that she can't control. You know, like she can pretty much kill people mm-hmm. by touching them, right? And, but like looking out for this like younger girl who to some extent is looking out for like guidance and, you know, somebody to kind of like kind of both uphold and believe in her strength, but also to help like stabilize her and help like show her it's going to be okay and like walk through things with her. So it reminded me a lot of that relationship, which is kind of a, it's a, it's a cool trope to go back to. So I actually appreciated that Dr. Strange was then like, oh, we can actually see the caring side of him or yeah. he's like looking out for her yep. and like he won't just like leave her, you know, and I thought that was cool. So. Well, let's, let's uh, just uh, start to wrap up here with our final thoughts. So final thoughts, it could be a clinical thought, it could be a uh, thought about the movie, it could be thought about Michael's tattoos, like whatever, <laughs> what's your final thought, what's your final takeaway from, uh, from uh, this, this uh, movie? Anybody. I'll, I'll start with my thoughts. So I, I loved the movie. I, I think, I think I'm tattoos. Sorry. <laughs> He's yeah. catching over there was here. A, the, the awkward pause was because he was on Google looking for different yeah, pictures. Yeah. Um, the star. He really, that's really important prices, part of it. Prices. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, there's a budget, you know? That's right. Um, so, so my, my final thought was, I think the more I think through the movie, the more I really do like it, even though it, it did feel like it took a character I love in Wanda in a different direction than I was expecting. I like this new wrestling match because the more I think about it, this is a different loss for her. Mm-hmm. So, so she, you know, WandaVision was very much about her grieving the loss of vision. This is very much a, uh, the loss of a future outcome for her that she hadn't quite wrestled, especially until her kids were essentially taken away from her when she kind of wrapped up that alternative reality. So I think that, that I think I liked the movie, the more I think about it, I want to see it more to, to kind of unpack that. But I think my final thought is just that, um, um, you know, accepting that that character and that that arc. Um, the thing I don't know is 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 this the end for her? And that's the part I, I don't have. Like, was this her final time on screen, or is she going to come back in a format? I don't know if I like that. But uh, well, overall, I loved. I, I I really liked the movie. I don't know if it would be a top ten movie for me, but I loved that it made me think on this level. And uh, so that's that's kind of my takeaway. Kayla, you? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if she's dead or not. I don't. I don't, know I don't think she will do be. That. I don't think so either. I don't, but I, don't, I don't know. Sometimes Marvel is a little iffy on that. But yeah, yeah I think 
learning to love and appreciate these other versions of yourself and kind of having the the contentment piece be part of kind of like the antidote to longing. Like if we're so focused on the longing, we forget what's right around us. Like we kind yeah. of miss the magic that's already part of our life. I think there's a lot to be said about that. That's kind of the idea behind like gratitude practice. It's not just writing, you know, nice things on a page or like kind of a silly exercise. It's like learning to appreciate what's around you and like having that be good enough for now. Like you can always work towards something better, but um, learning to have compassion for yourself and those around you in the process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Michael? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, again, it's kind of a, a somewhat universal theme but just this idea of acceptance this is the right? marvel not, not we're not talking universal Michael. yeah sorry touche <laughs> touche um yeah w- with acceptance i think of you know so often we see these characters going through these things and then how they respond to it right and so so often and, and this happens in life too where something happens that's doesn't go as we want it to how do we we have to start from a place of acceptance right we can't mm-hmm. deny things we can't hide we can't try to be something we're not right and you know i think about this with uh you know like having to be strong or put together or whatever we have a lot of these like westernized notions of what it means to be strong what it means to be responsible what it means to be an adult right Mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's okay you have to start with this place of acceptance of i know that i want to be xyz but I, i i don't feel that way like i i if i don't if i don't deal with what i'm actually feeling and and to some extent, love and accept where I am and let myself be there, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's challenging, even if this is not my end destination or I'm frustrated or what have you. If we don't start there, we can't actually move forward into something better. We can't actually move towards greater joy or peace or contentment. Like we have to first off accept, you know? Yeah. And so it's funny to see how these characters. I mean, I don't know, like, is the whole thing just because Wanda can't accept the loss of, yeah. of vision, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, how often we can do that too in our own lives or yeah. Seeing how we see that a lot with, with clients, it's hard to accept difficult things that happen to people. Right. And it's in, in our own lives, I think we can all relate to that to some extent, but that yeah. acceptance piece, it's, it's huge. Well, I think it's know? the key to meaning making, right? When we accept that this is our reality, mm-hmm. then we can start to make meaning of it. If we never mm-hmm. accept it, we can't experience that meaning making. And that's yeah. basically what Wano's whole thing was, is like, I can't even find meaning it because it was taken away. But yet the yeah. very challenge that she has in accepting this is her current reality prevents meaning making, making from happening. So I think for those listening to this, I mean, these are, these are huge themes, but we can also take them to our own personal lives, right? I mean, how many people who are listening to this right now are struggling with some Something in their life that is not as what they want it to be or as it should be and yet it's given it's taken control from them and they're trying to use other things to gain control but if we start to accept the things that we're struggling with then we can start to begin that healing journey and that meaning making process and I think that's a really good way to start to wrap up so guys I love talking this movie with you guys I, I this was so fun I'm, I'm so excited to talk about future movies with you and uh, for those listening thank you so much for taking the time we, we are excited about this cinema sessions podcast just talking real life talking real movies but through a unique unique lens that you know we're all geeks but we just happen to also be therapists and i think there's a really cool uh, intersection to be in so uh, really grateful to be with you today thank you for listening and we are um so excited to kind of talk what's next and so we want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on any uh the platforms whether it's uh apple or uh, spotify or any of the other platforms that you like to listen to podcasts and we will see you next time on cinema sessions I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters.
middle-aged man. Hey, 